Hello. Happy Friday. I want to talk about something that actually is a little bit dated by now. It's basically covering my 31st birthday, but I want to talk about it so that I don't forget it because I'm already kind of starting to forget it and it's an important thing for me. And I just want to talk about the mentality I've had around turning 31. So the long and short of it is I feel like a new person, brand new woman, and I have this tranquility coupled with permission to live a big life. So let's talk about this. Okay. Leading up to my 31st birthday, I was living what I call my life as I lived as a teenager. And what I mean by that is not on social media a whole lot, very much head down working on things that funnel into my own goals, getting into law school. So keeping my head down and focusing on my own life and not cluttering my head with other people. And in so doing, living a very small circle life. So just talking and texting the people who are close to me and immediately around me. And I started feeling a little bit calmer through this. Uh, Calm and quiet is the word. I wouldn't say I'm like zen and at peace. I'm still stressed, but I didn't feel quite as angsty. That angst was replaced with a sense of boredom a little bit, right? Quietness. That I didn't particularly enjoy, I'm not going to say I was super in love with it, it just was what it was. You know that static that you see on old school TVs that where it's all gray and a bunch of different gray, black, and white particles just been all staticky? So imagine that being my brain and all of my thoughts and all that static and going in and out is just my brain being frantic and holding a bunch of different thoughts at the same time and entertaining every single one of them. Imagine you kind of erase a lot of that static so that you have less particles in my head. And then those particles now spread out. This is actually probably more akin to a chemistry analogy, but you get what I'm saying. So now that the particles that are left spread out. So I'm not saying that I took away a bunch of crap and I now feel way happier. I just feel overall less frantic. So that was a kind of calm that set over me before my birthday. And now that I turned 31, I had that, but I was now not overcome, but preoccupied with this sense of mortality. And again, not in a angsty, paranoid way, in a very calm way. I am now in the decade, fully in the decade, my 30s, that my mom was in when she was diagnosed with cancer. She died three years later in her early 40s. So for me, that has always been in the back of my head that I don't know how long I will live. And this is obviously incredibly non-scientific for me to say these things because I don't know exactly what caused her death, but that's exactly what's scary. I don't know why she had such an early onset of cancer. I don't know if she had a breast cancer gene. I don't have that. I tested, but I don't know if she had it and that's what caused it. And so maybe I can rest a little assured knowing that I don't have it. Or maybe it was stress. I just don't know. Side note, I talked to my sister about this and she thinks that it was probably just all the intense stress she was through because 
she, as she started to learn about PTSD, she learned that having stress and PTSD really does impact your, not only brain, but the rest of your body as well. So she thinks it was that. But for me, really not having that clarity leaves me to just only assume and be safe that I don't know how long I'll live. So in my head, I just have this mentality that at the very least, I have maybe 10 years or so left. Any more than that is great. It is just an added bonus that I just don't expect. So now that I have this idea that, wow, my clock is really ticking here, I started to realize something else. I can't expect to live until 40, 50, 60 to do all the things I want to do. I imagine I have decades to become a lawyer, become a famous lawyer, open up my own law firm, turn that law firm into an empire, have my own luxury estate for horses, you know? I just have it in my head, eventually adopt someone. I just have it in my head that I have so much time and I don't. And so with that in mind, I then turned to the idea that, okay, well, I need to find a way to do all this in the next 10 years, which of course triggers a little bit of excitement in me because I'm very ambitious and the thought of figuring out a way to cram everything in is kind of exciting because then even if I do end up living longer, hey, now I'm way more ahead, right? So I thought about that, and then I thought about, with only 10 years left, I need to live a big life. I don't have time to slow burn up my way to have the confidence to live a big life. I need to live my big life now. (laughs) And what that means is, I need to write my memoir. I need to get started on that. And I need to go do everything else I've wanted to do. Travel, take big risks on bigger projects, all that sorts of thing is what I constitute as a big life. And that led me to my final thought, which was, I am so sick and tired of mincing my words so that I don't seem so intense to other people. I am so sick and tired of worrying about what other people think in many different ways. When I think that I have 10 years left, It would be such a shame for me to die and not have reached my fullest self as a person because I continued to live in the shadows of other people's judgment and insecurity. And I think of people like Adelastin, where they shat on me so much, even though I tried not to make them feel insecure, I was self-deprecating, I spoke, and yet they were still so threatened by my appearance, my fucking long hair, my face, my smartness, like, and I didn't even try. I tried the other way. So I left Alastin with the message that people are going to hate on you anyway, so you might as well go be who you are going to be and let them hate. Because even if you try not, they are still going to hate on you and give me hell for it, right? But I slowly forgot that message because, you know, life, it's hard to show up and be who you are. Until again, I realized, well, I might only have 10 years left. And I think about the other times that I just soften so much of my persona 
because I don't want people who are softies like Jade and other softy people who aren't in sales and maybe not as aggressive and, you know, assertive and masculine as me. I don't want those soft personalities to just feel so mushed up, just punched because I come in with a hard personality and they're soft so they can't take it. But I'm like, I gotta stop doing that. That's not me. And I'm so sick and fucking tired of catering to your feelings because you not, might not be confident enough to deal with this. I remember specifically that moment when this all first started for me. I was 18 and I was at Stanford and I was checking out. And by this time, I had already started talking more, you know, just assertively, less fluffy. And we were checking out at Safeway, I believe it was. And the cashier seemed nice. And I just remember thinking to myself that the way I talk now would probably be intimidating to a person like her. And I'm not saying because she was a cashier. Uh, maybe it was a little bit of that too, because it, it's more like I always felt that as an ambitious person, I could go on and on and talk about all these big ideas and say them with a lot of passion that can come across as, let's be honest, intense to a person who's not ambitious. Like it just goes over their head, but it also just feels like a lot. I always got that vibe. I think because of the people I was around as a kid, they didn't have as many ambitious goals. So for me to come in, I could talk for hours about all the things I'm thinking about and want to do. And it just feels like it's a lot for them to handle. And I remember thinking that for me to be 18 and already at Stanford in a PhD program, it would be kind of a shame to make everyone off put and make everyone uncomfortable because of letting them know how smart I am that I skip four grades. And this might not make any sense, but I really do recall when I was a teenager, just think about it. Early on in conversation, if I'm not hiding anything, it comes up pretty quickly that I'm 14 and I'm in college. I skip four grades. I have a bunch of scholarships, all these other really high achieving things that you can imagine with the wrong people makes the conversation kind of awkward because they're just like, oh, that's intense. That's a lot. And, and so that leads me up to that Safeway moment when I decided I don't want to tell people I skipped four grades. I want to hide that from people. I want to hide my intelligence from them because I don't want to be the one that's too much all the time. And overbearing is, I think, the word I'm trying to get to. That feeling that I felt that I was the one who was overbearing because if you ask me a single thing, it's like opening a can of worms of achievement and intensity and passion. And I didn't want to be that. And now that was at 18. 13 years later, I am turning back on that and deciding, fuck that. I'm just going to be honest with who I am and what I've achieved and you can deal with it. So I'm starting to just be a little bit more abrasive now. And I can definitely feel it's causing some people to feel off put. Like, just like, ooh, she's a little intense. I, I get that feeling because, you know, I'm a sensitive person. I can tell when someone's like getting their defenses up because they feel like in order to talk to me, they kind of have to be just like let out their little prickly armor as opposed to having the confidence to just have a conversation as they are. That's exactly what I'm doing, having a conversation as I am. And so all these three things, tranquility, living a big life, and being who I actually am, come together into me giving permission to live, like I mentioned, that big life. But not only live that big life in things that I do and achieve 
and do so on an expedited timeline, but to be myself and truly unabashedly myself in so doing. So that is the permission I gave myself. And after I did that, I felt like a new woman. I felt like a new person. I will be very honest. I felt like I was 16 again. And the reason I felt 16 in particular is because that's when I felt like my life began because that's when I finally got out of my home. So for the next week after that, I felt so fresh and young again, like I was 16. And that was really because I felt like I was now beginning a new life. I gave myself permission to be who I am, to run for Congress, to write my memoir, to change my name, to speak up during law class, to try and create businesses and things like that. And as I end here too, I want to re-emphasize that as exciting as this all is, it comes from a really interesting cocktail of mortality and tranquility. And that blend creates the sense of romanticism. So when I think of my life now, songs that talk about death, where on your deathbed, I hope you look back and you have no regrets, stuff like that. It really speaks to me and makes my heart sing because it makes me imagine a hazy, warmly lit summer afternoon where the lights coming through the windows of a little cottage. Not that I'm going to live in a cottage, but for the sake of my picture here, imagine that and you slowly close your eyes and on your way up to heaven, you think of all the things you've done, how rich your life was, all the memories you had. And so as you close your eyes one last time, there's a soft smile that maybe not shows on your face, but in your heart that you had a really good full life and you can close your eyes and die now in happiness. That's the feeling that I get now when you mix tranquility and mortality. Because you get this calm sense of like, yeah, I know I'm going to live a big life and I'm going to die with no regrets. And you know that deep in your heart and that's why you're not afraid to go out there and you're not afraid to die because you know you're going to die satisfied. And in that, that romanticization is what I, I'm, when I say that, I'm referring to that little cottage feeling, that whole like close your eyes softly and there's all this warm light and you'll leave happy. That sort of romantic, soft, warm feeling. That's what I mean by romantic. So yeah, that's about it. I think it's time to close up. I hope that made sense. Thanks for listening. Bye.